First, a word from our sponsors. For centuries, scientists have unearthed myth-busting evidence about our primitive human past. Now, two new studies have researchers rethinking common ancient stereotypes. Discovered deep within the mountains of Peru, the remains of a fierce female hunter prove historic hunting wasn't just a man's game. Meanwhile, new research on the Amazons, the female warriors of Greek mythology, reveal what truly makes a warrior and confirm the existence of real-life wonder women. Unexpected truths about forceful females of years past are not only turning fantasy into reality, they're rewriting human history. Welcome to the Abstract Podcast from Inverse. I'm Tanya Bustos, your host. Our first story is about the ancient women who hunted big game alongside their male peers, with evidence suggesting the ranks of prehistoric hunters may have actually been close to 50% female, researchers are rethinking the structure of early hunter-gatherer societies. Our second story is about the science behind the real-life Wonder Woman and how it's telling a new human story. As new genetic analysis highlights ancient female warriors, studies confirm the existence of the once mythical Amazon woman. This is The Abstract. A look at the latest scientific discoveries and technology innovations from the reporters at Inverse. In each episode, we explore a single theme through two different stories. Up now, while traditionally ancient men are imagined as hunters and women gatherers, one study suggests this stereotype may be just that. Researchers digging in a 9,000-year-old burial site in Peru concluded that women hunted animals 9,000 years ago. We've all been told that in prehistoric societies, men were hunters while women were gatherers. But in fact, new findings are challenging this very notion. Some of the earliest big game hunters were female. This adds to a growing consensus that women played a much bigger role in hunting than previously assumed. Anthropologists have had evidence of hunters that were female. Evidence that women participated in the hunting activities activities. We've long been taught that in prehistoric times, hunter-gathering was a pretty basic concept. Men hunted and women gathered. However, a study published November 2020 in the journal Science Advances is telling a different story. At a burial site in the Andes Mountains in Peru, a team uncovered the remains of a 17 to 19-year-old female buried alongside a big game hunter's toolkit. Based on the tools found at these various burial sites, the team concluded that 10,000 years ago, ancient human hunters may have been as high as 50% female. This adds to a growing consensus that women played a much bigger role in hunting than previously assumed, and also suggests early big game hunting was likely gender neutral or nearly so. Here to talk more about how this discovery opens up new possibilities of what life for ancient women was really like is Inverse's Sarah Wells. Hey, Sarah. Hey, always happy to be here. So this study suggests that contrary to popular belief, ancient women weren't just gatherers. They took part in big game hunting. Now, we're basing the latest evidence off of these remains in Peru. What's the story behind them? Yeah. So there is something interesting that the researchers were saying, you know, about what they discovered. And they were saying that, 
you can basically learn a lot about what people did in their life by looking at what they were buried with in their death. So with these remains that they were looking at, they found that a bunch of young women between 17 and 19, um, which they identified through like dental records, they found that these young women were actually buried with a lot of traditional hunting tools, whether that be like knives or even like projectiles, which would strongly suggest that maybe these women were also doing the hunting. And in addition to kind of making this discovery at one site, the researchers also went back and they did a survey, kind of a meta-analysis of looking at past burials as well. And they found that this was actually fairly common for kind of the time period they were looking at, the late Holocene. And they found that about 50% of the hunters that they identified via these accessories, these hunting tools, were actually women. Since evidence continues to suggest that what we're often taught is not the case. You know, we're often taught that women were gatherers and not hunters. Is that common thinking the result of an assumed narrative or did we just not have the evidence needed to back up what we know now? Yeah. So kind of like you were saying at the top, traditionally, we have imagined that men are the hunters and women have been the gatherers. So whether that be collecting wild vegetation nearby the habitat or simply just staying home to care for children and prepare the meat that the men might bring back, that's kind of traditionally been the ancient woman's role. And what was interesting, the researchers were saying that the reason this kind of narrative has persisted isn't necessarily because this is what the archaeological record is showing us, though in some instances instances it is, they say that it might be more of kind of our own contemporary gender bias, especially a couple decades back when a women's, a modern woman's role was also kind of at home in the kitchen as these ancient women's we thought they were. So it kind of might have been our own doing and our own bias that this has persisted for so long. The concept of tools seems to play a really important role here. Is that perhaps the key to how the division of labor evolved? Is there thinking that maybe it was this technology that led to early hunting becoming gender neutral? Yeah, I think that did play a big part of it. Something the researchers were talking about in this study is that for the peoples they were looking at, these late Holocene age people, their tools were pretty crude, wasn't kind of an advanced hunting weapon. So as a result, it might have just simply not been that effective. Or in order to be effective, you might have needed more manpower, just more bodies kind of doing the hunting. And then so in that instance, they think that maybe that need for more hunting participants might have been part of what kind of drew women into hunting as well. So while studies like these show that gender roles could indeed be very fluid in the past, there's still a lot we don't quite understand, specifically when it comes to how and when these roles began to change. Where then does this latest study leave researchers? You know, this seems to just open the door to new questions about these ancient roles. Yeah, definitely. And I think that is where they left off in a lot of ways with this research is that it is, you know, an open question, like you were saying. I think right now their their kind of hunch is that as these tools kind of got more advanced and hunting got easier, it wasn't necessary to have everyone doing the hunting anymore. And that could be one reason that led to women staying home more. But, you know, as biases have shown with this research, it could be in the future that we also discover that's not quite true as well. So they're still kind of digging into that history. Interesting stuff, as always. Listeners can head to inverse.com for more of Sarah Wells' story. Thanks a lot, Sarah. Thank you. 
Armed with new analytical tools, scientists are prompting a major rethink of our archaeological record and what truly makes a warrior. Up next, the science behind real-life Wonder Women and how evidence of actual Amazons is rewriting human history. Now, a word from our sponsors. I used to want to save the world. Since the time of Homer. Going all the way back to around the 8th century BC. Ancient stories told of fierce warriors. Greek mythology's most feared female warriors. Their exploits were recounted by many epic poets. Both their history and mythology. And every single one of these warriors was a woman. With this tribe, we certainly have a unique and interesting story. But the closer you get, the more you see the great darkness within. Did Amazon women really ever exist? One of the most famous depictions of female warriors is that of the Amazons. Invented by Greek male historians, today the fantasy continues with films like Wonder Woman and TV shows like The Boys centering on women fighters with superpowers. While Amazons may have been a fantasy, a new genetic analysis published in early 2020 for the first time uncovers the reality these stories are based upon. Using new analytical tools, scientists re-examine the remains of a Scythian warrior they believed to be a 13-year-old boy, only to realize later the warrior was a woman. Sparking a major rethink of what truly makes a warrior, Researchers suggest these Scythian fighting women were perhaps the reality Amazon stories are based upon. And while the new find underscores the fact that women were always warriors, bringing Amazons from the realm of myth into reality gets complicated. Here to explain more is Inverse's Emma Batwell. Hey, Emma, how's it going? Hey, Tanya, I'm good. How are you? The idea of a female warrior has a very specific place in our imagination. But historically speaking... What is that fantasy based on? What evidence from folklore and myths created what we think we know about Amazon women in general? Yeah, so I think even if you just look at the Wonder Woman character, she is very clearly an an Amazon. And that goes back to the ancient Greeks who portrayed Amazons as this group of women who sort of ruled themselves and they kind of tangled with Greek heroes and they were involved in the Trojan War fighting against the Greeks. And I think some of the more famous, if not a little bit sort of outlandish portrayals of the Amazons come from Herodotus, who is one of the people reporting that Amazons were forbidden to marry until they killed a man in battle. Or, um, you know, other Greek geographers from around sort of the fourth century who created myths like Amazons would cut off a breast to improve their archery skills. And, you know, these are myths, but the big scientific question has been, were there female warriors that inspired these myths? And with recent findings, we've actually proved that there were female warriors, and that was pretty controversial for a long time. There's been a lot of back and forth amongst classicists over, you know, what the Amazons represent, whether they were just sort of figments of the Greek male imagination or if they were real women who inspired the legend. Do you think part of the reason Amazon women were so easy to chalk up to a fantasy had to do with lacking a certain amount of evidence? I mean, it seems like only recently we're able to discover actual evidence of a reality. 
Yeah, there are some pretty cool stories in this area. So one that I really personally thought was amazing was that if you go back to 1988, there was a sarcophagus, a wooden sarcophagus that was unearthed in a Russian region that's sort of north of Mongolia. And inside there was an individual who's wearing a leather headdress and a fur coat and was buried with, with some weapons, specifically a leather quiver that was filled with arrows. And at the time, in the 1980s, the scientists thought that this was a 13-year-old male Scythian warrior who is a tri a member of an ancient tribe of nomads who ranged from the Black Sea to China between 2,000 and 3,000 years ago. So that's in the 1980s. Fast forward to 2020, and there was a new genetic analysis of the individual in that sarcophagus. And the genetic analysis revealed that it wasn't a, a boy, it was a girl, specifically a female warrior. Because of the DNA sequencing tools and sort of these new bioarchaeological tools, we've been able to find more and more of these sort of cases of mistaken identity. But I think that's a particularly poignant one because the Scythian warriors were are now thought to be the inspiration for the Amazon myth. So there's actually an archaeological expedition that's been happening sort of in Russia. And I think this was last winter, they discovered the remains of four female warriors there who were believed to be Scythian female warriors. And they were sort of intergenerational and they had battle scars. And one was found sort of in this position they call the horseman's position, suggesting she was riding a horse. And so they are just sort of continuing to find these women in grave sites, which is sort of upending this idea that women weren't warriors at all. When it comes to what kind of fighters they were and what they did as women conquerors, what do we know? What does evidence suggest about what that kind of life involved? Yeah, I think that there's two things going on here. I think that the folklore aspect of it is when you look at sort of the myths about the Amazons, or you even look at modern day myths, female warriors are strange and unique, or they're superheroes, or the Amazons in, in the Greek myths, sometimes, you know, they did weird stuff and they were sort of seen as foreign or other. And I think one of the things that I've been, when I was talking to sources for this story is that they said one of the most thrilling things about finding female warriors is the idea that a female warrior isn't a mythical creature, that a female warrior is actually a regular person, and if not a necessarily common occurrence in history, a one with a degree of regularity. So I think that's been relatively inspiring for people as we continue to find the archaeological evidence of this, that it's not just sort of, you know, a one in a million shot that a woman would be a warrior. Bringing Amazons from these myths into reality has always been a really complex situation for archaeologists. Why do you think that is? Well, I think that there are, again, two sides of this. So you have the archaeological controversy, because there is something to be said for the fact that just because a female is found in a warrior's grave, that doesn't... 100% slam dunk tell us she was a warrior in life. So there was a famous case in 2017 of a Viking woman who was discovered in a grave. Another case of mistaken identity. People thought that she was a male warrior, turned out she was female. And there was some controversy around that paper because the authors suggested that she was sort of a high-ranking uh, female warrior. The controversy said, well, the bones didn't really match up with what we'd expected when the bones were first unearthed, which was sometime in the early 19th century. And, you know, just discovering weapons at a grade site isn't enough. Now we have more evidence suggesting we are not just relying on finding weapons at, at a grave site. We're relying on far more evidence. Battle scars on bones, for instance. So there is that controversy that still exists. Then there's sort of the like cultural aspect of it, which is when someone is a superhero or a myth or a legend, they can kind of be like a perfect person, only kills 
for the most noblest perceived causes. And that's not really the case when you have to think about real figures in history. And I was speaking with some members of this Facebook group called Amazons Ancient and Modern. It's about 6,000 people who really follow the lore and the science of Amazons quite closely. And one of them brought up the fact that if we're going to think about female fighters as warriors, we have to kind of grapple with the idea that what if there were women conquerors or women who were violent oppressors? They didn't necessarily kill for the most noble reasons. And that can be sort of an uncomfortable truth to sit with. But it comes with the exciting aspect of having them have been real people. Very good. Emma has a really cool detailed write-up about what the latest evidence tells us about all things Amazon women. You can head to inverse.com for more. Thanks, Emma. Yeah, thanks, Tanya. Head to inverse.com to read more about the science behind gendered roles in ancient societies. You can click on the link in the show notes for all stories we talked about today. If you agree that science and facts matter more than ever, give us a rating and review on iTunes to help more people find The Abstract and other podcasts like it. New episodes of The Abstract are released three times a week. Find old episodes and more original reporting on science, innovation, culture, and entertainment at inverse.com. Got something to say? Email us at theabstract at inverse.com with any questions, suggestions, story ideas, and anything else on your mind. Look for The Abstract Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever podcast app you use. For Inverse, I'm Tanya Bustos. Thanks for listening. <laughs>